welcome to the Grappling Review. I am your regular host, Gabe, and my sidekick, uh, Danny, is still alive with us. What's going on, guys? I survived the explosion. <laughs> Don't worry, you're still going to be on the chopping block. We still haven't, <laughs> uh, we still haven't uh, tossed out the idea of getting a different host, but, um, okay. you know, let's just blame it all on the pandemic. I'm yeah. going to enjoy it while I'm here. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, guys, so today we're going to bring you a little bit of a different episode, uh, interesting episode. Um, we uh, are going to do sort of a little bit of a jujitsu nerd out. So I am part of a, another podcast called the Get Geek Podcast, where all we do is geek out and nerd about all stuff in pop culture, movies, video games, and all that stuff. Because if you know me, I am a giant nerd, which is why I'm doing this jujitsu podcast as well. Um and one of the episodes that we do over there is called The Geek Out. And all we do is just talk about any cool news that's happening in jiu-jitsu. And we're going to kind of do that today, you know, with uh, the recent stuff that's happened in, in jiu-jitsu in the, in the uh, last couple of weeks. Um, but before we get started, just a quick disclaimer. We are still remote recording, not in a studio. So if you hear any audio artifacts or extra sounds like dogs barking, doorbells, all that stuff, bear with us we're going to try to keep it as clean as possible in post um so that you have the most enjoyable experience through listening to the podcast um and with that being said if you enjoy the podcast you like what you're hearing and you want to show some love the best way to show some love is to subscribe subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes and so that please we can, we can build our uh, listener base um like share rate and subscribe Rating is one of the best ways to give us some feedback and let us know if we're doing a good job, if we're doing a shitty job, so that we can keep making this show better. Um, and uh, always feel free to drop a line to us on the Grappling Review on Instagram or Facebook, where if there's something you want us to review or you want us to talk about, um, a product, a DVD, um, you know, whatever it is, a gi, anything, let us websites, know. Websites, tutorials. Okay? Websites, tutorials, whatever. Let us know. We'd love to hear what you guys want us to review. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Um, Danny, what are you, is there anything that, I can tell you straight up what I'm geeking out about. I can, I can tell you too. What are you, what are you geeking out over? Uh, I we we just talked about it that Shoyer roll drop that's happening. Oh yeah, there's a few cool things in there. I I'm a big yeah, fan man. of hoodies and sweatshirts and stuff like that. And actually, the the rash guard on this one looks really cool too. Yeah, it's man. A, um, I got like the list. I got like I'm not gonna say that I have like super special access, but I kind of got a little super special access and. They have some really dope stuff coming out. If you guys follow them on social media, follow all their handles, including Shoyoro Europe, you'll see that um, they've got some really cool stuff. I, I really like the apparel set that, that that's coming out this time. Yeah. So is there anything that you're planning on getting? That really obnoxious green hoodie. I really enjoy bright colors, and that is yeah, just a bright like green hoodie. <laughs> uh, but like uh, i said then the, the rash guard is just like it's black with i guess a little bit of gray and i like that too it looks awesome yeah this one this one as far as the um as far as the colorway for this competitor the competitor being one of my this specific competitor the competitor 20 is one of my favorite um drops that they've done as far as the style of the uh the pants the gi the cut it's definitely 
one I've got three of them of this specific competitor series, and it's my favorite cut out of all the shirogis that I have, as as especially of the uh, comp standards and the competitor gis. Yeah, um, it's my favorite cut as far as the colorway goes. I don't know. I, I I guess maybe I'm like slightly colorblind. I'm not even sure. This is like a gray and a lavender. Uh, it says it here. It's uh, hold on. Yeah, I think it's a gray and lavender. Pretty sure. Yeah, lavender. Yeah, but what's interesting to me is honestly their apparel on this set. They have this really dope man. I really want that sweatshirt. They got this really dope sweatshirt with the uh, embroidered logo, and it's fall season in a lot of places. Maybe not so much in Cali, where they still got a heat wave. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard yesterday that it's uh, running <laughs> still over there, over 90 degrees in October, which is kind of yeah. crazy. Shout so. out to the Dodgers also <laughs> making it to the World Series. Got a few L.A. fans who listen, so congrats, guys. We'll see. We'll see if they actually can pull it off <laughs> this time around, you know talking to paulie out there <laughs> um yeah man this drop is dope this drop i is like the shirt dope, too the shirt with the eyes yeah yeah it's, like it's, it's different it's different i don't yeah personally it's a little know bit the, uh, i don't know the correlation between the eyes but it just you know, it's cool. dope it's just fire so um i'm you know something that i'm kind of like looking forward to oh wait before we move on that collection drops here in the u.s um Friday? at 10 a.m uh right yeah friday pacific. the 10th so 10 a.m pacific time that'll be 1 p.m over here on the east coast right 11 12 1 yeah 1 p.m and that's on uh the the 20 no oh no sorry i'm looking at the europe i'm looking at the euros website yeah, which is where all is the 23 yeah. yeah yeah there you go on the 23rd so what did you think about the uh, the previous drop, the rodeo drop, the stampede collection? Rather, uh, it was that was pretty. I, like, so, I really, so I was, I, I just, it was one of those situations where it's like financially I wasn't there, and I was like, oh my god, I need to buy all of this stuff. I like yeah, again, man. I like the over the top stuff and that rodeo. That I really, like, yeah, I so really like the yeah. I re- another one where I really really enjoyed the apparel. Um, so the the stampede collection was a uh, collection that was released um uh two weeks ago i believe on the uh ninth and man like i was i was at pan ams which we're going to talk about in a little bit and i just didn't have you know the time to pick it up or anything or even review it or anything like that but as far as the gi itself it's it's a uh an homage to the to the uh, the cowboys and the rodeo um athletes out there the bronco riders um where the gi was kind of like meant to look like or emulate the vests that they use and all yeah. the patches. And it does look super cool. But very like the Nogi stuff, I really, really wanted the to Nogi pick up those stuff. shorts. The rash guard. Especially because dude, the rash guard was sick. The the shorts with the uh the cobra on the logo. Yeah, oh, man. I gotta see if I can find it actually. Those shorts are super dope. Yeah, last week's drop was yeah, man. ridiculous. I would say that drop was 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 probably one of the most fire drops yeah. this year. I'm so. sure that's sold out almost immediately. The yeah, shorts I mean, for deal. Yeah. Every time I try to get shorts, I swear to God, they sell out like right away. So it's like you got to have it ready to go. Yeah, that's true. You got to be ready, man. That's the thing with Shoyro, man. You got to be like, you got to you gotta kind of be ready to fire, you know, have, have your cards and all your information, all your billing information saved already so that you can autofill and just hit checkout the moment that it drops because 
it's 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 insane how quickly these things go so um yeah i'm I'm sad that i missed out on that entire drop uh definitely would have loved to have those at least the shorts for sure at least the shorts but yeah man the apparel on that one everything was fucking super dope um next up i mean there's like a reversible tank top they had yeah yeah that's stupid job (laughs) oh god all right i'm gonna i'm just depressed i'm not gonna look at that (sighs) stupid stupid covid stupid stupid money yeah stupid things costing money um pan ams so i'm geeking out over pan ams i was in uh kissimmee florida and competed myself in pan ams Congrats, um, by the way. He's not going to say it, or maybe he will, but bronze medal at Pan Am's. Pretty I awesome. Did all right. I did all right. Uh, I competed in Masters Division. Um, I got bronze in my division. Had uh, three fights, lost my third fight by advantages. I won my first match um, via uh, Ezekiel Choke, Luke Choke from the back. Right. So I mm-hmm. did uh, kind of like a deep De La Hiva um dump overhead into a back take and finish with a choke second match i won on uh on points or advantages don't remember it was a tough match i would say the second match was in my opinion the 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 better competitor the best competitor mm-hmm. that i faced um the third match i was very frustrating the guy you know um you know props to him he played the smart match um he won on advantages just kind of like stalled out, played a really, really, really defensive game. Very difficult to try to like do anything to someone's just stiff arming you with both their arms and doing nothing. Um, so things I got to tweak in my game are that I got to figure out how to open them up and take maybe a little bit more risks or 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 maybe play more the, I guess, the IBGF comp kind of mindset. You know, he had already gotten like a warning for stalling. I think that like if I had kept trying to push the pace and, and, and realizing that he was going to stall, maybe force him to get more warnings, you know, to either make him open up or, you know, get me the two points from the ref for him stalling and stuff. So that was very frustrating, but it's a lesson learned. I'm very happy with the performance that I, that I, that I had, um, not happy at all with how much I had to cut weight. So that was upsetting, but, uh, and we're all I made very the proud mistake. of you. I made the mistake of, of, uh, of, of not changing my division. So I signed up for the middleweight division. Um, and then like a week after I signed up, I, I, I dislocated my left knee that took me out of training for about three weeks. And then when I got back to training, it was very light training and just kind of like, you know, doing a little bit of rehab for the knee. And I knew that I wasn't going to be able to make weight in time. So I had yeah. all intents, all intention to change my division to medium heavy. Um, but I missed the deadline by a day and I was way too heavy to do to to cut down really safely to middleweight. But I ended up doing it. I cut like about 20 pounds. Um, <laughs> I'll never do that again. I don't <laughs> recommend anybody ever cutting weight. Nah, bro, you know, you get no, like kidney five failure, pounds. Bro. I can understand five pounds because it's easy to cut five pounds. You, you know, run for 30, 45 minutes, fully clothed in a hoodie and, and you'll cut five pounds easy and it won't affect your game or anything like that. You can use it as a warm up um, before he matches. But man, that was that was tough. So. But anyway, Pan Ams, um, well, anyone interested, all you got to do is type in Marte into flow grappling and you'll see his last three matches are the first things that pop up. Just saying. <laughs> Jesus. 
Um, yeah, so you can go over there and you can critique my performance. Let me know what you thought. Uh, let me know if there's anything that you guys think that I should work on specifically. Um, be gentle with your critique, you know, so. Oh, by the way, um, yeah. you you were facing away with the camera when you got the tap on the first match. So thank you for clarifying what you did because no one can actually see it. Oh, yeah. It was just like kind of like a standard, you know, loop choke from the back or sort of like a lapel or like a collar Ezekiel, so to yep. speak. I still don't actually know the name of that choke. I just call it a loop choke from the back. I'm looping my hand around the head. So um, what matches... I mean, Pan Ams was crazy this year. Pan Ams, I mean, Pan Ams was crazy just because of the fact that it even happened under the rules of the pandemic. It always happens in uh, in 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 Anaheim, I believe. Right? Yeah, it happens usually Pan Ams. No, no, no. Pan Ams happens in Long Beach at the Pyramid. Um, but this time, obviously, it happened in, in, in Kissimmee in Orlando, which was an experience itself. You know, I, you know. Lots of love for my people out there in Florida, but Orlando's weird. <laughs> um, Orlando's really, really weird as far as people go and stuff, you know. So, but I, I, I'm gonna chalk it up to just like that Florida Orlando co- culture. Um, love all you guys. Hate the hate how traffic rules over there work. I feel like red lights don't turn off. Like they don't switch for like five minutes. I don't know. It's very driving very over there pedestrian. Sucks. It's very pedestrian yeah. friendly. They're yeah. very pedestrian. Driving friendly. in driving in Florida was terrible. And it's not even that much traffic. It's just waiting at the lights forever. But um People will also like cars will let you pass if they see like you're trying to jaywalk, I guess technically. They'll like just slow down and be like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Like, there's no hurry down there ever. But that could just I mean, be us coming Florida, from New York. That's, like, maybe, maybe. But I think you know it kind of makes sense, right? Because Florida's full of people that are you know kind of down there to like retire, right? So like yeah. they're very easygoing life, very I you mean, know chill life. Not one not, of the nicknames not, not is uh, Heaven's Doorstep. So <laughs> yeah, but that's the I guess. <laughs> um, no, so I mean. Florida was cool. Um, I want to say that people were definitely a lot more lax about masks and stuff like that and social distancing <laughs> in Florida compared to like Austin. You know, when we were at the Austin uh, Open, the city itself was very, very strict. The city, the people in, in, in Austin would, were a lot more, I guess, uh, social distance friendly, so to speak, right. in the tournament itself. People were a lot more... Um, you know, paying attention to, to, yeah, more conscious about it. In Florida, you know, not so much by a long (laughs) shot. So I kind of stayed, for the most part, I stayed in my hotel. You know, me and Brandon, who, you know, a student of mine who who went over as well to compete. And he, we, we, you know, it was a little boring being, having to stay in the hotel the entire time. But um, one thing I will say is that the tournament was a lot more stricter about not letting anyone in. So, you had to go in through a metal detector. They um, check your bag and the whole nine and temperature, everything. And then once you go in, you're not allowed to leave. If you leave, you're not allowed to come back in that in that same day. Oh, really? So, yeah, and definitely no spectators and definitely no no extra coaches either. You know, where in Austin, they kind of let you come in with like two, three coaches. So, right. Um, so that was a little bit annoying because I really want to go see some of the fights live, especially seeing like some friends compete like Isaac, Kennedy, Johnny and all that stuff. Um, didn't get a chance to see them compete. So 
had to like had a be couple in the hotel of good anyway. As far as the matches at Pan Am's go, man, Pan Am's was wild just because of like the upsets that happened. We had some major upsets. What was the craziest match for you? I mean, we're gonna talk about Isaac's match with Sam the guy, uh, which to me was the wildest, most unexpected, you know, match of the day for me. But right. aside from that one, which one was the one that was like the most like like what the what the hell just happened? Uh I hate to say it, but the uh my boy, Roberto Jimenez, like Oh, yeah, I was more man. shocked at how quickly it ended uh, more than anything. I wasn't. I wasn't shocked. I really wasn't shocked. You know, I kind of and not that I, I it's not that I was shocked that he that he. I, I was shocked that like it happened the way that it happened. I was definitely like my jaw dropped when everything happened. What? But that's what I'm saying. Me, it, it looked like I mean, it, it was like live by the sword, die by the same way, because he initiated that. That leg entanglement, right? That's what I'm saying. So, like, and then my like he is, just got lazy with it, or like it just my I saw thing him is, grab look, the ankle, and then it was like, oh shit, he, he got tapped. Look, look. So, so Roberto Jimenez fights uh, um, Felipe Andrew in the in the absolute division, right? And and he, you know, he throws up like a flying triangle attempt, and then from the attempt, he ends up going into uh, toehold essentially. Well, he I th- he tries to sweep Felipe Andrew from there. And on the sweep attempt, he just grabbed the foot. Um, I think Felipe was hugging Roberto's leg to stop himself from going from getting swept. Um, and maybe maybe that seemed like a threat in Roberto's eye. Maybe he thought that Felipe was going for like a leg lock. It didn't seem like he was going to a leg lock myself. I think that like it may have looked like he was going for a knee bar or, or at least hugging it or holding the leg the way that you would hug for a power knee bar. But I don't think his, he was actively was going the for the toe. leg. I think, well, as far as Felipe, I think he was just holding. He was trying to stop Roberto from coming up to get the two points for the sweep. And instead, yeah. Roberto attacked the toehold. And while he's attacking the toehold on Felipe, Felipe took some time to set up an ankle lock. And the moment that he got the ankle lock, man, like it just came on quick. You see Roberto's Roberto lets go of the toehold to try to defend for a second. But then you just see yeah, him yell out. The reaction was so fast. Um, yeah, and, and and that ankle lock came out quick and stuff, and and um, you know Felipe won that match and took Roberto out from his own division. You know, so I I, I didn't get a chance to speak to him while I was over there, uh, but I know that um, I'm assuming I don't want to say that I know I'm assuming that he hurt his ankle and that was the reason that he didn't compete in his weight division um, because he was signed up for heavyweight at Pan Am's and he was there the day of you know the, you know the event. Yeah. Um, and he just didn't compete. So I'm assuming it has to do with that ankle lock. What I don't understand is knowing that leg locks are your weakness. I can understand like, you know, going to the, uh, you know, to the drawing board in the gym, working on your leg lock game and all that stuff. But he's not attempting like, I don't know, like I would not be going on a shootout because anytime that you go for the foot, they also have, they also have your foot. Yeah. You know? I wouldn't be going for a shootout against, you know, a guy that's bigger and stronger than me in the open weight division, especially when you have other matches to go for, uh, like, you know, other, other, you know, the heavyweight division to go for later in the day and stuff. Um, and knowing that that's your weakness. And I felt like, I felt like even though he was attacking the toehold, I think that he had a very good opportunity 
to pass the leg across to 50-50 and stand up and get the two points and, and play the, uh, you know, get the points game. You know what I mean? I mean, the goal yeah. at the end of the day is to win as much as you can. And he has a really good back take from 50-50. So, I don't know. I think that maybe he just made some, like, strategic errors there. So, which was sad to see. But it was definitely shocking when 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 I saw how everything played out. Yeah. It was kind of like, oh, oh, okay. Well, oh, it's over. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was like the first shocking loss. Um, after that, I didn't see the uh, the Meow match, but Meow, Meow lost to... Who did Meow lose to? Actually, let me look that up before we uh, speak about it. But, um, you know... Oh, and also going back to Roberto. Roberto, you... He 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 went out there and he competed the the previous week, I believe, or a couple weeks before that with Durko's mm-hmm. grappling, um, and you know, lost to Craig Jones. I mean, again, like it's just exposing his weakness to the legs. I really, yeah. really want to see him working on that stuff at as, at least at the very least defending it first, learning how to make sure that he can defend his 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 feet before he's attacking the legs. You know, I think like uh, he needs to start building a strong leg lock defense. Um, because everything, everyone, I think is already realizing that Roberto has a, uh, susceptible weakness to the leg lock game. So it's pretty much the only way that he's been, you know, as far as I can remember recently, recent memory, it's how he's been, you know, getting, getting subbed. So, um, but yeah, anyway, the, uh, before we get into the Paolo match, did you see any of Kennedy, Kennedy's matches? Uh, I did. Uh, one of them he racked up points like crazy, and then I think he finished with the he finished with a submission also. Yeah, yeah, that was, I mean, that was actually really impressive. Like, that he, was, well, that he was finished so he finished his first two matches both by armbar. Yeah. yeah. So, oh yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. But there was there was one where he just like he racked up. I think he scored like seventeen points and just it was very smooth everything about it. Like I think he went to a couple of neon bellies and passed the guard again. The neon belly passed the guard again. Yeah, it was it was just technically it was fun to watch. So so with um and, and you know, with with that match, with those matches, it was pretty amazing. I love to see Kennedy compete. He competed like the, his first two matches look super, super strong, super technical. He's he's kind of developing himself as like the 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 tactician that his father um is, you know, yeah. like kind of being, you could say, like making the right decisions at the right time um and 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 i love that fact and you can see that also in his final so in the finals match he faced off against tiago macedo so when it came to tiago macedo he no 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 not sorry not tiago macedo um who did he face off oh he faced off against uh mateus gabriel which they had they they've had already i feel like there's like a little bit of a I don't want to say rivalry brewing, but they've had some like pretty exciting matches and it's been as far as the matches go, it's one to one. Right. So yeah. um, you have the match where um, Kennedy Kennedy fought uh, Mateus Gabriel at uh, Nogi Pan, uh, Nogi Worlds a couple yeah. years ago and he put him to sleep. So he took his back, put him to sleep. And then in the Euros following that, um, Mateus Gabriel popped or dislocated uh, Kennedy's arm, so they're one one and one. So they know yeah. each other pretty well, and they know that they're both dangerous, right? right. Like it I mean, wasn't he, like he, it wasn't like one, one by points. He had him in a triangle. 
pretty early in that in the match on yeah 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 We're, yeah so. yeah he had, well in 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 Pan Am's in but Pan before Am's, getting yeah. there let's uh, setting the stage um you know they both know they're they're dangerous you know Kennedy got his arm pop Mateus got put to sleep so it's not like it's not like one of them won by an advantage and kind of stalled so we knew that this right. was going to be a fire match and it, it, it kind of started off like that right um Mateus uh they did like double guard pull and they they got a couple warnings already and at this point like by the third time i think kennedy came up for the advantage and mateus shot up a triangle um i don't think that it was anywhere near being close or deep or anything like that no. uh kennedy defended it and mateus came up and got the two points i yeah, think kennedy just accepted it i think mm-hmm. he kind of just accepted the uh sweep um so that he can you know play his uh play his game play set of guard cobra guard um, and so on and so forth. And, you know, he's he's very good at it. And he was able to come up and, you know, achieve his goal and come up to a single leg um, to try to finish the sweep and get the two points on the sweep because I think he was up on advantages as it is. However, um, Mateus Gabriel has one of the best single leg defenses in the game. Actually, yeah. in, almost, in almost all of his tactical matches, matches that he wins by playing, playing, playing the rules, playing the borders, and, and you know, when he's fighting someone as as good as Kennedy, yeah. he will he will give like late in the round, um, he will give a single leg to his opponent so that it forces them to stand up, and then he will just defend the single leg, especially if he's up on points. Yeah. He'll defend the single leg, never get taken down until you break away, and then he double guard pulls, and then he just coasts from there until the time runs out, and that's kind of been his strategy. I mean, that's uh, definitely what a Kennedy was going. Like he made a couple of the single leg attempts there towards the end of that match yeah and so what's interesting about that is that like you have in you have in uh in in Mateus Gabriel some of the the smartest um points play on the mat in IBGF and probably arguably one of the best single leg uh defenses in the game and then you have Kennedy who is one of the best single leg takedown artists in jiu-jitsu you know especially at featherweight yeah um so unfortunately he wasn't able to get the takedown in time and the match ended with Mateus Gabriel winning by two points it was a wonderful match it was beautiful super technical um kudos and props to Kennedy out there uh but uh wasn't his day and Mateus Gabriel ended up going to the finals on the other side this is where um we had some very interesting you know, matchups happening. And I don't want to talk about those matchups yet um, just because it, it hurts my soul to talk about, you know, what happened in the uh, Isaac Doderlin mm, yeah. um, and uh, and the um, Sam the Guy match and stuff. But uh, I guess we should just get into it. I just want to get it over with now. Just rip the Band-Aid off. Yeah. My man, Isaac, he, um, you know, he... he yeah, oh, so so heartbreaking. On the other side of that same bracket, uh, Sam the guy already had one match. Um, Isaac being the number one seed in the division because IBGF now seeds the bracket. Um, he had a bye, and he he was gonna face the winner of Sam the guy, and I forgot who his opponent was. Um, Sam the guy ended up winning his uh division, or, or rather, he ended up winning his his match against his his first opponent and moved on to face uh Isaac Dorland. Sam the guy, I think, was ranked in the 20s 26 or 28 something like that because it's a brand new black belt he got his black belt over the summer 
he was a brown belt fighting on fight to win a couple times, you know, I think in like July or August even. Yeah. And he got his black belt shortly after that and competed in Pan Ams. So he's completely unknown to the featherweight black belt division. And Isaac, sure enough, started off strong. He they they played smart and um, Isaac came up for two points um, and he was working his footwork passing game and everything halfway yeah. through the round. Um, he was up for the majority of that. Yeah, like I, I wouldn't say like Literally, everything. So, so for the first six minutes, Isaac was in full control of everything that was happening, um, and starting to impose his will. And there was a reset that happened. When the reset happened, he was able to kind of free himself away while Sam was uh was was on the ground, and that's kind of where Isaac thrives because he has yeah. he specializes in a very unique style of footwork passing that only he, um, that's of his own creation. And he's activated his footwork passing and everything, uh, creates the scramble where Sam the guy was forced to kind of um, turtle or or stand up and whatnot. And at that point, Isaac jumped for the back, yeah, which ended up creating a scramble where Isaac ended up on his back for a moment, like and then he came up, it. scrambled. He kind of overshot the back take. Yeah. Um, the scramble still had Isaac on top. But then in the middle of that scramble where Isaac was able to recover, making sure that he didn't get, like, put on his back and was able to still, like, do footwork passing, um, Sam the guy accepted the ground. And the moment that, like, Sam the guy got some grips, he went for a really, really nice uh, De La Hiva toss mm-hmm. and ended up on ended up on Isaac's uh, back. So he got the two points for the sweep. And on the scramble, um, he went for the mount. Isaac tried to escape the mount. And Sam took the back and then it all literally know, happened of, within like what three seconds? It, yeah. It was really so like quick. yeah. So like the match was originally two zero and with four minutes left on the clock, Sam was able to come up six to zero. And one thing that I gotta say, um, I'm all for competitiveness and the whole nine. And I know that like emotions are super high, especially I can only imagine if you're Sam the guy, he's just like you know, I don't I don't know what the mindset is for him coming into a match against someone like Isaac Dodeline, but I don't think that he ever thought that it was even in the realm of possibility to be able to take someone like Isaac's back. You know, something that I don't think has been seen since Isaac was like, you know, a pro boat even. I don't I don't even know because I, I can't, you know, recall any pro boat matches and stuff like that. But, you know, it's just it, it would this, be unheard of. You know what I mean? Is this your way of justifying maybe? the over exuberance shown afterwards right so 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 the the thing is that you know i can understand being super excited but you know he started showboating right then and there he took his back and he starts looking to the camera and showboating and from then on he just like every opportunity that he could he was just kind of showboating and that kind of like really bothered me you know not just because i'm a fan of isaac um it's I'm, a respect I, I, I i am also a fan a of sam when i saw when i saw his matches and we reviewed them here on fight uh, on on our fight to win reviews you know i was really really excited to see sam the guy because i think that he is you know a star and he's super super technical explosive exciting to watch you know is very very aggressive so i'm really excited i'm a fan of his jujitsu and stuff like that but i think there's like a time and place for 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 celebration personally and that right. time and places after your hand is raised, you know, or maybe after the match is done and stuff like that. But like there was a lot of showboating in the middle of the match. And for me, yeah, he's just, it he doesn't like matter. Posturing up like the, the match was just, there was still time left. Like, yeah, there's still just, time left. There's still like, you know, all that. But like my thing is that like it's 
some say that like, oh, he has the right to, he has, you know, he's got bragging rights and stuff like that. You know, whatever. I personally, as a as a martial artist, reserve, you know, I like to be as respectful to my opponent because my opponent is there to put in the same work that I'm there to put on. And I wouldn't want someone showboating on me like that. And if you are, that's great for you, but it doesn't come off very sportsmanlike. And I'm all for sportsmanship and respect and all that stuff. You know, so I don't appreciate seeing that at any level. White belt, blue belt, purple, brown, black. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's two unknowns. I think that it's kind of a dick move. Um, but that being said, I took his back, ended up scrambling some more. Isaac was able to uh, um, uh, recover from there, and they ended up in a 50-50 situation. Isaac was trying to attack his patented leg lock. Um, he came up, got the two points, so then it was 6-4, I believe. Uh, no, no, sorry, it was 8-4 because they rolled out of bounds and they gave Sam the guy two points for rolling out of bounds. Yeah. So it was 8-4 at this point. And Isaac desperately trying to 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 either rack up some points or, or or finish his leg lock attempt. There was a another scramble and 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 Sam the guy ended up on mount, got four more points from there. Um there was you know sweeps and so on and so forth. And and it ended with Isaac attacking or trying to attack his his leg lock, and Sam the guy just kind of like standing there. For like the last 20 seconds, just kind of like not respecting anything that Isaac was doing, which is, you know, it's it, it it's fine. You know, I guess I suppose I don't like it, but I guess it's it's still, I guess, a show. So, yeah, he's um, playing towards the crowd. Yeah. Sam, the guy ended up winning 17 to four, I believe, um, with the entire checkmate crowd completely elated. Unfortunately for Sam, the guy, he didn't end up, you know, going to the finals. So he won his next match. I forgot against who, uh, but then he ended up uh, losing in the uh, semifinals. And it was uh, Tiago Macedo who ended up in the finals against uh, Mateus Gabriel. And in that match, you know, he was able, Mateus Gabriel kind of played the same game, ended up with, uh, you know, giving up a leg for a single. And Tiago was able to actually finish, um, you know, his single. So Tiago had probably one of the best runs at Pans. He fought a lot of really good guys in his divisions and stuff like that. And he became the champion of that division. Something that was unexpected because I think a lot of people had panned, had 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 Isaac uh, penned in for uh, for a win and possibly a closeout between Isaac and Kennedy, which is kind of how I looked at it, you yeah. know, biases aside. So, but yeah, that I think that was the biggest shocker is the Isaac and Sam the guy match. So. You know, you guys should definitely watch it at least once because of how much of a jaw-dropping match that was from a technical featherweight jujitsu standpoint. But yeah, any other matches in your mind that like uh, were kind of shocking? I mean, definitely a lot of a lot of the actual black belt finals. There were some names in there that, or maybe there were some names that. I didn't expect to see. Well, so the thing with the black belts with the finals is just that because there were so many upsets that day, right? Um, you look at the actual. There was a lot of people that like, you didn't huh? that you didn't necessarily know. A lot of first time black belts. So, like for example, in the uh, in Paulo's division, Paulo lost to Joshua Cisneros in light featherweight. He lost to Josh Cisneros, who is again another black belt that just got promoted to black over the summer over the pandemic, and he had a really good match against uh, yeah. Isaac and Austin. Yeah, 
in the sense that he was able to kind of like fight really smart. He had a couple of really good matches before that. Isaac his, won that match. His finals match. His, his finals match was pretty good too. He came back. He was losing in that one, and then Isaac, a, a I penalty mean, in Cisneros. Yeah, yeah. Josh Cisneros matches were all really good, but he also beat um paulo mia which is which is yeah. crazy because that's another one of those things that like if you beat paulo that's almost better than just winning pans in altogether and he won pans but he was able to like at the very end he beat um, him in those quarterfinals too it wasn't even like the semifinals yeah. it was the quarterfinals yeah exactly he was able to win i believe on uh i think he got an advantage at the very end of the match because he it was, it was a, tied it was a, four it was a rest was decision four to four he got a rest, rest decision. decision yeah and I think rightfully so, because at the very end, I actually think that he should have gotten an advantage at the end instead of like just a ref's decision because he was uh he was passing on uh Paolo and he ended up uh he he was like north south passing and ended up kind of on the side. Definitely should have at least gotten a straight up advantage, but he won the ref's decision and I think it was rightfully so another upset. So we have Isaac losing, we have Kennedy losing, we have Paolo Mia losing. Um and Joshua Cisneros ended up moving on and winning the winning pans, getting the gold. Yep. Um, another sort of, I don't know if you want to call this an upset, but another another interesting match was Mikey Musumeki fighting heavyweight. <laughs> Did you see that match? Yeah. So yeah. who who's his opponent again? Oh, that dude was huge. Um, let me let me look it up in a moment. Musumeki, Musumesi, Musumechi. I don't. We need to. We need to find out how to actually pronounce that last name. Um, Orlando, Orlando de Jesus Montero. Orlando, Orlando, Orlando Hor- de Jesus Montero. Montero, <laughs> Orlando. So that match was was fun to watch. Um. Orlando was ranked number two in that division, or seeded, seeded number two rather in that division, with Mikey being the lowest seed, uh, or second lowest seed, because of course <laughs> Mikey is not a heavyweight. <laughs> and it was just funny to watch. But like you know, the thing is that Mikey started off the match really well as far as like his 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 strategy, but he ended up getting you know smashed past into uh, mount. I believe he got mounted, um, and he got arm triangled. If I'm not mistaken, um, I don't think did he get mounted. I know he, he definitely had his guard passed. Well, yeah, he I, he got his guard passed the side control, I think, and he got mounted. Everything, you know what I mean? But he uh, he got tapped out. Yeah, he got mounted. Um, and he got tapped out with a with with a face crushing, head squeezing arm triangle by a heavyweight. I don't want to say that Mikey has no business competing in heavyweight, but you know, especially, but he has had like some success, especially at Euros earlier this year um did really good against muhammad ali which which is unexpected for me and stuff um so i don't know if i want to call this an upset but i think it's a little bit of an upset because i think everybody was rooting for mikey you know what i mean he's legit under it's a david literal david versus goliath there yeah um did you expect this to happen? Did you expect him to to get tapped out? Did you expect him to lose? I definitely didn't expect the tap out because I think the last time I watched him compete against someone a lot bigger, it, it kind of just he stayed in close guard and like he kept them in his guard. So I guess I was expecting that a little bit more. And I forget what was it that we where did we watch him last compete? Um, he, he fought a he fought a dude literally like 
double his size. No, so I mean, like when he fought when he fought Muhammad Ali, I think was his last big match, really. Um, and no, that one that one was definitely not close guard. He was he was playing his his like uh, De La Hiva game and, and okay, and, no, so and it's definitely another like fight that. I watched where he just where he he pretty much stayed in guard the entire time and. And yeah. he, the retention was really good, so I just expected more. I didn't expect them to get past. Like, I, I but, mean, I didn't expect them to get past. Um, he said after the match that he he already saw the technical error that he made that caused the pass, and he's already mm-hmm. working on it. So it sounds like he wants to continue competing in the heavyweight division. Um, and I'm all for it because Mikey doesn't have anything else to prove. He's already the three time, <clears throat> three time world like uh, what is it uh. Rooster, rooster weight. Yeah, he's the three-time rooster weight champion already. He's already beat he, you know, idols like uh, Bruno Malfasini and stuff like that. He doesn't have anything else to prove, and more power to him because he's doing this for fun. If you see, as soon as the match was over, he stood up with a smile, went to you know shake his opponent's hand, and they talked and all that stuff. And and I think that that's more that's more important than anything else. That he's having his fun. Sorry. <clears throat> had to step away and cough for a moment. Okay. I was like, not COVID, oh no. not COVID. Oh no. Um, so yeah, I think that that's more important simply because you're, you're getting a chance to see what like the sport is supposed to be about. It's supposed to about challenge, be about challenging yourself so that you can continue getting better. You know, winning is great, but that's not the ultimate goal, or at least it shouldn't be, you know, the ultimate goal should be about getting better and challenging yourself so that you can be the best jujitsu fighter that you can ever be. Right. Because if winning is the only thing, then you're going to end up getting some of these matches where it's just winning by an advantage and stalling and 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 whatnot. And, and what ends up happening with that is that, yeah, you have a lot of medals, but you're not really advancing. And I love the spirit of competing to for personal advancement. I think right. that's huge. So um, outside of that, I don't know any other any other like super notable upsets and stuff with Pan Ams. Do you? Not that not offhand. I mean, just those the last couple that we talked about. Yeah. Everything else is like I said. There was a few names and like, okay, but the finals ended up being just all those names that you're like they didn't expect to see or or you expect yeah. to see some names yeah. that weren't there and they weren't. As far as comp goes, there's one more like so so fight to win happened this past weekend also, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't get a chance to see the entire event because it was happening at the same time that um uh ufc fight island six was happening with yeah. korean zombie and brian ortega and that that fight card itself was pretty pretty good pretty awesome um but we're not here to talk about ufc and you and 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 fight to win had a, a friend of the podcast junio Casio fighting so i definitely tuned in to check that match out did you yep. see that one i did what, what'd you think of the match uh it was pretty good um uh, Junie definitely had put most of that pressure on there. Uh, he kept, I mean, he was clearly playing his game, but, you know, I've never seen someone put so much pressure on someone else from the bottom. And he just was just, he just kept going you know, at it, kept going at it, kept going at it. And I guess the other guy was playing it smart because you don't want to get caught in any sort of sort like. Sort of, yeah. I mean, he was, he was, he was doing something that we like to call shobbing. Right. Um, or, or, you know, it, it's kind of been coined as shopping because, uh, Brendan Schaub, one time he fought, uh, uh, years ago, he on Metamorse, I believe 
he went against uh cyborg and he literally for 20 minutes all he did was run literally run the exact <laughs> same thing that happened in this match that passed this weekend and he was kind of doing that the entire time too um clearly he accepted the match not necessarily knowing it doesn't seem like he had a a game plan to attack juni or at least to frustrate him or open him up mm-hmm. um with him just literally just backing away running around the mat while juni is just chasing him and stuff like that right. and eventually what ended up happening with that um juni kind of switched gears and he, he, his goal was obviously to get into the leg lock entanglement from the bottom, spent about half the match chasing uh, um, Carlos Lima, Jose Carlos Lima around trying to get there. I think that when, when he realized that Carlos Lima was just going to back out and run away the entire time, he switched from trying to get into a bottom leg entanglement to just trying to get a hold of the feet and forcing Carlos Lima to, to, to fall to the ground or whatever, which is what ended up happening. Picked up the ankle, created a bit of a scramble. Carlos Lima um, was trying to run away. They were literally on the edge of the mat, and and Juni did not allow the rest to stop it or no, whatever he, it is. It, didn't allow I, him to move. That's definitely something I found really interesting. Also, like they were right on the edge, and I was expecting them to like at least reset them or something. And the ref kind of just let him go. And I think I credit well, that a lot to Juni kind of pulling him back in. Like, you know, he was, and you could tell he was trying to. Like move it, move yeah. away, move away, move away, and then he kind of just like pulled him back in, and I mean, it, he finished it with what an ar- it was an arm bar that he finished it with. Yeah, yeah, he finished with an arm bar. Um, so so when it came when it comes to like the refs that fight to win, they they have so they have like the outside refs that kind of run around the mat when they see the the opponents getting close to the edge of the mat because they don't want to stop it. They, they Seth Daniels' whole thing is that like if you're by the edge of the mat. You know, keep fighting, and and they'll 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 be pushing you back into the mat without having to reset because they don't want to do any resets. Right. Um. The, and I can understand that it makes for exciting matches and stuff like that, and it makes for what happened this past weekend, right? Because, you know, Juni was able to like fully lock in his 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 back take and everything from from that position. Um. Whereas in a IBJJF setting or something like that, they would have reset back in the middle. And that would have been terrible because then it would have given Carlos Lima a chance to, to run away again and give us, the you know, maybe a full-on boring match. Yeah. But uh, Juni, again, switched gears. He was able to get him onto the ground, jumped on him, switched to a... Um, he was going for the back. And he switched to kind of like a modified reverse triangle that turned into an arm bar. And he finished the arm... Um, it was beautiful. It was awesome to see that he's not like clearly, you know, if you know Juni, he's not just a leg lock specialist. Um, and he's able to adapt quickly. And same right. thing kind of in the last like, match that he did. Like an adapta- he just adapted there at the end, yeah. just being in the position that he was in and pr- fairly quickly too. just, I mean, something he mentioned in our interview, that whole 15 seconds at a time, you know, take things 15 seconds at a time and yeah you see that yeah. adjustment that happened yeah there. that makes sense it's interesting that makes sense so yeah, that's one thing that we still need to do we are um i i intended to schedule a uh this is just kind of a sidebar i intended to schedule an interview with uh his mindset coach um mindset mike and we weren't able to do it a couple weeks ago when i wanted to simply because of pan ams prep and all that stuff so but i'm looking to try to schedule it for sometime next week or the following week so mm-hmm. bring that to you guys so that we can get a little bit more of enlightenment on that whole like 15 seconds at a time principle. Um, 
But yeah, it's just wonderful to see Juni like being able to be super versatile and show everyone that he's not just a leg lock specialist, even though he can really pull them out from everywhere. I really love on his previous match at Fight to Win, the previous title def defense, where he ended up passing to side control and then from side control set up uh, a heel hook entry from side control, which was freaking awesome. I I want I need to learn that. I need to hit up Juni and be like, you know, show me exactly what you did there. So um, that was really cool. Um, uh, anything else you want to talk about? What else did we talk? Did we there's talk one other thing too. Like before we go, like like there's one more thing. It's a uh, oh, I just did a Steve Jobs. <laughs> one more thing. <laughs> the uh, jujitsux.com. Oh, that's right, the website. So jujitsux.com seems to be poised to be the uh, the competition to. Um, BGJ Fanatics. And what's interesting to me is that I don't actually know who owns Jiu-Jitsu X or BGJ Fanatics, but I I believe Gordon Ryan is uh has 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 some sort of involvement with BJJ Fanatics. Maybe he co-owns it as an investor, whatever it is, but I'm pretty sure that he has um source some sort of uh ownership stake in BGJ Fanatics because when they did the um they did at BJ Fanatics. They did like a little bit of a Prime Day sale. Yeah. So like on Amazon Prime Day, they did their own fifty percent everything on everything in the store sale. And when that was over, Gordon Ryan thanked everybody for all the sales that happened at BJ Fanatics of all the all their athletes. So he's definitely involved in some form or fashion with BJ yeah. Fanatics financially. And Jiu Jitsu X seems to be Keenan's thing. Hmm. And what's interesting about that is that Gordon Ryan and Keenan have a actual real life beef and rivalry going on where Keenan has blocked off uh, Gordon Ryan and most of the DDS guys over like a lot of BS that's, that, that's happened, you know, over the years between them. Um, but Jiu-Jitsu X very much clearly looks to be Keenan's thing. Um, I can't see or find anywhere where there's like an ownership stake for Keenan or anything like that, but... All his uh, Squid Guard DVDs and everything start off like where the the lapel encyclopedia, um, they have like a set, a stage and the whole nine and everything is recorded the same way that Keenan has done his instructionals. And yeah. it seems like something that they're doing themselves um, and a different form, a different way of instructionals um, that BJJ Fanatics is doing. Whereas BJJ Fanatics is like a typical DVD. They have like chapters and sections and stuff like that. The Jiu-Jitsu X instructionals seem it's to like be more of a... Split up into lessons. Yeah, lessons like classes and stuff like that, almost <laughs> like a full curriculum. So really interested in checking that out. I really like their website. I think it's definitely way <laughs> cleaner than BJJ Fanatics. Yeah. Um, I, they don't I, have yeah, too I, many instructionals. I love the presentation of some of them. Like, some of them are really... They catch your eye. You know, like, I mean... Shall not pass. That that's hilarious. Like the art, yeah, the so artwork like, on some of these it's is, like, is hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So so some of the cool things about Jiu-Jitsu X is that like it seems a little bit more nerd, um, nerd centric, which is what makes me believe that this is Keenan's thing because he's he's a super nerd, you know, just like us. So I don't know. Maybe that's why it's kind guard. of calling to me. It's like half guard, half machine, and it's like he's a, they drew him as a terminator like that's hilarious you know what it is there's just more production value it seems to these uh instructionals and i'm really really excited to to see this 
and check them out. Some of these, some of these, uh, some of these instructionals are very pricey. I will say that. Um, yeah, we have like Connor DeAngelis, we have Keenan Cornelius, of course, Gabriel Argus, Edwin Najmi. It seems like a lot of the uh, the Gracie Baja guys. I mean, Keenan has a good relationship with them as it is. Um, but yeah, like you have some DVDs that are 39, 44, but then you have some yeah, like the Hamil Bahal. Yeah, the Hamil Bahal uh, Death by a Thousand Knee Cuts Again, at $163. That's, 163. Yeah. that's a lot of money. For and you know, 18 lessons, 18 lessons. So, but then you have, then you have uh, something like Whole Lot of Plata, um, by Andres Burunovsky. I believe he's a brown belt. Is he a black belt under Keenan or a brown belt? Anyway, that's 43 lessons. So, there's definitely so 49 some caveats bucks. because, yeah, yeah, there's some caveats to BJ Fanatics because I don't think BJ Fanatics goes up in price at all, not at this high. So, um, we got to take have, a look at the value. I have one little tiny criticism on it, and it's not even a criticism; it's just an observation. Sure. The, because when you type in Jujitsu X for a very quick sex, and it uh, like second, it looks like it says Jujitsu sucks. And <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, like, if you what? read it that way, yeah, <laughs> if you read it that way, sure. I, again, now it's like I can't unsee it. So you're welcome, everybody out there, for ruining that for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, going to do a little bit more uh, research on the site. We'll hopefully, if we can afford it, <laughs> we'll uh, bring some of these instructionals to you guys and uh, let you guys know if it's worth checking out, if it's worth $163 yeah, that's a by Hamil Bahal. That's crazy. So, um, but yeah. Anyway, anything else you want to talk about? I think we covered a lot. Oh, under yeah, an man. hour. That's I mean, we try to keep it, try to keep it there, try to keep it under an hour. Yeah, but we covered yeah. a lot. Yeah, I know. Well, I really hope that you guys enjoyed the episode. Um, once again, if you guys want to show us some support, <clears throat> please like, share, rate, and subscribe. Um, best way to show us support is subscribing and rating and giving us feedback. But most importantly, if you enjoyed this episode, if you've gotten already this far in the episode, please share it to someone in jujitsu who you think is a nerd. You know, a white belt that needs to kind of be schooled on what it's like to be an actual jujitsu nerd. Someone that's like a budding jujitsu nerd and needs to kind of get more involved. Um, yeah, man. Looking forward to uh, more episodes and, and hanging out with you guys. Yep. Any suggestions, comments you guys want, leave those in the comments as well. Just let us know what you want to hear. That's going to do it for us. Check you guys later. Peace. Be safe, guys. Later.